Should you do it? My name is Chris Cooper, and every week on this podcast, I try to ask one big question that you can chew on over the weekend. It's called Food for Thought Friday, and this week, I want to ask you, should you do it? Should you take advantage of that opportunity? Should you pursue that great idea? Over my desk in my office, I have a picture from Bill Waters. Bill Waters created Calvin and Hobbes, which most cartoonists consider the best comic strip of all time. And this cartoon is Calvin and Hobbes running through the forest, and it's snowy, and the title is There's Treasure Everywhere. One thing that I realized several years ago is that I'm never going to run out of great ideas, and that realization saved me pursuing a lot of ideas that seemed great at the time, but maybe didn't turn out that way. Having a lot of ideas is a hallmark of a good entrepreneur, but the sign of a great entrepreneur is the ability to resist pursuing all of them. A few months ago, the building next to mine came up for sale. At $800,000, it's a great bargain. I could write a check for the 10% down payment today, and there's already an anchor tenant in there. We could share a parking lot. I could find a chiropractor or a physio to rent some of the space, and some of the rooms are already built out for a daycare. But I don't actually need to buy this building. I want to buy the building, sure. That doesn't mean I should. In the past 30 days, I've been offered shares in another local fitness company, a partnership to build new healthcare management software, a day of indoor skydiving with some elite entrepreneurs in San Diego, a partnership with an international university for Ignite Gym, a sponsorship for our summit in June, a lot. Which ones are the good opportunities? All of them. Any of them would be profitable. Most would be profitable quickly. But here are the reasons I should focus my attentions elsewhere. Number one, none are the highest value use of my time. If I consider my time as finite, I have to calculate where to invest my time for the best return. Call this ROT, return on time. We see this a lot with gym owners. They'll get an opportunity to leave the gym and go coach at a corporation or maybe even a prison somewhere. And they haven't completely worked out what the cost would be for them to leave the gym. So they're attracted by this new revenue source. They leave the gym for two to three hours. They pay somebody else to replace them. By the time they count the travel and the fees that they're actually getting paid, they're not actually making a lot more money. In fact, they do better to stay at the gym and just get one more personal training client in that time. Number two, some of the ideas aren't really appealing. I just want to do them before someone else does. That is not an abundance mindset. Giving the idea to someone else and then forging a partnership with them, that's much better, and that's more my style. Number three, a lot of the temptation is just FOMO, fear of missing out. Number four, they're not my specialty. I own a large building already, for example. So instead of being flattered that somebody's coming to me with these opportunities, I should be looking only for things on which I'm already an expert, can contribute the most, and make me the highest return on time. Number five, I'd just be doing some of them for the money instead of for passion. For example, I'm not passionate about creating software. I just see a need. That's a huge scratch for me. Number six, some aren't scalable. At this stage, I always have to ask, am I just buying myself another job here? So for example, when a gym owner is flattered because they're offered a job opportunity from you know, a certain company, for example, and they're going to be paid an hourly wage, they have to ask themselves, could I make more money and save myself more time by saying no? Number seven, I can't be excellent at all of these. So why start from scratch with X when I'm really, really good at Y already? For example, it would be awesome for me to take the opportunity to write more articles for a lot of media. I do get approached fairly regularly, which is flattering to me as an amateur hack writer. 
but I'm really, really good at mentoring. And so I would be crazy to take these flattering opportunities at the risk of serving my mentoring clients less or getting even better at that. Number eight, I'm way too attracted to novelty. I know this about myself. Any idea that's brand new will seem like a better idea than anything else that I'm already doing. This is focal causality. If you've read the book Persuasion by Cialdini, you'll know what I'm talking about. Number nine, again, I'll never run out of good ideas. There's another great idea coming just around the corner, so I don't have to worry about running out and missing this big opportunity. So what am I doing instead? Number one, I'm investing in a new operations manager for Two Brain Business. You'll love her, and if you're in the Two Brain Mentoring program, you already know her. Number two, I'm upgrading our mentoring platform to improve tracking, accountability, goal visualization, and partnerships between our mentoring clients and their mentors. Number three, I'm refocusing the message of our physical locations, our gyms, Catalyst and Ignite, to fitness coaches instead of gyms. Now, I know this sounds kind of boring, but it's a big deal. In a market that's increasingly saturated with these $19.99 a month gym options, I'm not going to compete on that battlefield anymore. I'm going to separate myself by clarifying my message. What am I to these people? Number four, I'm empowering others to LMA, lead, manage, and be accountable for the operational areas of all my businesses. I don't need to be the ones responding to email. I don't need to be the ones correcting bookings in my calendar. I don't need to be the one looking up membership and subscription or software problems. Somebody else can do a way better job at that with a smile on their face and help people better than I can. Number five, I'm learning the things our gyms will need in 2018, 2019. A lot of listeners to this podcast know that I have business coaches and I travel mostly now to learn from them. What are the big picture problems that are coming for gyms? What are the big picture opportunities that are coming for gyms that nobody's even thinking of yet? And believe me, there are some. I did go to San Diego. I didn't do the skydiving. I came home to teach and coach little kids to play hockey instead. But while I was there, I saw some pretty eye-opening stuff that's going to change the way you do business in the next two years. Of course, you'll hear more about that from me because I can't keep a secret, but the idea you can count on will be refined before you hear it. The question I'm leaving with you again is, is it worth it? Mathematically, is it worth your time to put into this project when you could be putting it into something else? What are the other costs? If you were on our private webinar yesterday about work-life balance with Sherman Merricks, you'll be asking yourself that question today. What will this cost me from a lifestyle standpoint? What will this time cost me with my family? And finally, is it worth it from a dollars and cents perspective? Could I do something better with my time? If I have a 12,000 square foot gym, is there something better that I could be doing with that 200 square feet over there instead of just putting a bunch of couches or you know, marking off a giant kids area or a playground or whatever? Is it worth it? Have a great weekend.